back to the Pretty Good Podcast by CrabbyCurious.com. If you haven't figured it out by now, we kind of like superheroes and comics and movies around here, so we're going to jump into that today. Spider-Man Far From Home Review. Listen in. Enjoy. And today we are talking Spider-Man Far From Home, um, as I mentioned in the opening. But before we uh, swing into the topic, uh, let's let our co-hosts introduce ourselves. So ladies first, um, Liz, welcome back. Uh, Tell us what your history is in comics, Spider-Mans, or superhero movies in general. Uh, I have been into superheroes my whole life. I started, like a lot of people do, with the X-Men, Spider-Man, and Batman animated series. And Spider-Man has a special place in my heart because when the first Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man movie came out, I had a friend who was super into comics and he let me borrow books and Spider-Man encyclopedias. And that started my journey into the comics as a teenager that has continued into adulthood. Okay, I can relate to that. I know Spider-Man and X-Men kind of brought the whole live action series back into the forefront after the Batman ones died off because they were trash, basically. Uh, and Drew, uh, Drew's back. Sorry for not keeping up your screen name anymore. He's back from the gaming podcast. <laughs> Why don't you tell us your history with uh, superhero films and whatnot? Uh, I actually didn't get into them when I was super young. I would say the first movie for me was probably X-Men or the first Spider-Man. Um but since then, I mean, of course, there's Wikipedia. So every time you go see a movie or something gets announced, you go and read about it. Or at least that's what I do. So I think I know a lot from Wikipedia. I haven't really read the comics or any of the uh, graphic novels, but definitely seen probably 95% of the movies for sure. Yeah, there's a lot out there. It's at least like three or four a year. Um, I'm more of a DC fan slightly. Like Batman's my favorite superhero, but... Of the Marvel heroes, Spider-Man's probably up there for me with like Black Panther, Black Panther, Luke Cage, Gambit, those kind of people. Just Peter Parker's like super relatable to me. The Peter Parker side, obviously, I can shoot webs or hang upside down or have a Spidey sense. But just like the trials and tribulations, he goes either being a high schooler when he's younger or a college student or a grown man, like trying to balance his personal life. That kind of appeals to me. So um, I guess we'll dip into it um we'll start before i guess i have to say this it should be obvious this is spoilers spoilers are going to happen we're going to talk about the film it's been out at least two weeks now so if you haven't seen it yeah listen at your own peril but before the uh, movie came out um when you saw the trailers what was your initial reaction like what did you guys initially think the first time you saw a trailer for far from home i lost my mind Mostly because of the Spider-Man theme song at the end. And uh, I was super excited and kind of confused to see Jake Gyllenhaal there. And to see Mysterio. Um, And I was excited about it being a different setting. About the Nick Fury hijacking the vacation aspect of it. Since Nick's such an intimidating dude. So I was super pumped to watch it. I think just the follow-up from Endgame. And the, the trailer came out, I think, before Endgame came out. So obviously... You know, he was coming back, but just to see how it would kind of play out. So I didn't really get too pumped about it until after uh, Endgame came out. But um, I don't know, it was kind of different for me. Obviously, Jake Gyllenhaal was kind of a, felt like different, but I thought he did really well in the role. But um, yeah, besides that, it was just kind of to see how they followed up on Endgame. 
Yeah, I was uh yeah, when the first trailers came out, I was wondering is this going to be a prequel? Like are they going to put it in the gap before Endgame because they didn't show too much at first until after Endgame came out, but the whole big thing that that got me was Mysterio, you know, it's like oh, he's a good guy, which I'm like, uh eh, we'll, we'll see. At the same time, they have this huge ha- actor like Jake Gyllenhaal. He's like you thinking he's too big to only be in one film, right? So maybe he'll be a recurring villain. And then they tease the whole thing with like the multiverse or Spider-Verse, if you just had watched the Spider-Verse movie. So that opened up a whole other can of worms, which got my own Peter Tingle tingling. (laughs) (laughs) Or my Spider-Sense tingling. I was uh, really excited. And then when they added the trailers after Endgame, um, which reflected um, Tony Stark's role in it, you know, trying to live up to him. Um, that hit a touching nerve, you know, with their whole reunion at the end of Endgame before Tony died and whatnot. Um, so, I, yeah, I was I was looking forward to it. Um, I like all the Spider-Man stuff I've seen thus far and the PS4 game had come out the year before, which still had me on a high. It's a really good game if you guys haven't played that one. Um, so, yeah, that was, seemed like we were all at least mildly or a little bit excited going into the into the movie anything else you want to add you expectations you had going in i didn't see uh homecoming and i Uh, still have that was kind of a problem for me because it wasn't on netflix uh i got Mm -hmm. really behind on all the mcu movies and i've caught up kind of before Mm -hmm. i saw endgame but still haven't seen homecoming so i kind of knew some of the context of his relationship with Tony and his relationship with his classmates. But I think that there are probably things that won't have landed as much for me as they would have been for someone who's been really invested in this journey throughout civil war and all the other movies with Spider-Man. Well, the good thing about homecoming, um, since it's literally, it was the third, but Spider-Man reboot in like 10 years at the time. Uh, they didn't really dwell on the whole, you know, my Uncle Ben died, great power, great responsibility. It wasn't really an origin story. You know, they kind of assume, rightly so, you should be familiar with Spider-Man's origin by now. So mm-hmm. sort of just like set up after his uh, appearance in the Captain America, America Civil War with him being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and trying to get a bigger role with the Avengers or whatnot, which was, I think, refreshing because by now, like, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, everyone could tell you their origin story, um, which was the cool thing about it. So. We've all seen their loved ones get murdered like a hundred times. The old tragic uh, tragic loss makes you a hero uh, kind of played out, but they didn't dwell on it, um, which is another, like, there's no Uncle Ben. Like, I don't even think they have a flashback of him in any movie. Um, so Tony Stark has kind of filled that surrogate father role. Um, and we'll talk about more of that later. But um, for those of you that are crazy and did not see the movie but are still listening to a review of the movie, <laughs> I guess I'll give you a little uh, synopsis um, if you want to bear with me a moment. Um, so basically this is what happens in the movie. Um, after uh, Endgame, it's the post-blip world, you know, the, the snap, the blip, where uh, five years pass, half the population disappears, uh, the world's moved on. Um, some people find themselves were younger brothers, so now they're older brothers because – Everyone who was snapped came back exactly the age and state they were in. Um, the world's recovering, the whole left by the death of Captain America, the Vision, Black Widow, and Iron Man. Uh, Spider-Man tries to do the right thing to Tony's legacy by just trying to cope with being a high schooler and confessing a budding romance with uh, Michelle MJ, 
Zendaya's character while also trying to carry on the burden of being a superhero. But it is I gotta a, jump in really quick. Yeah. I gotta say that uh, opening video montage was on point. Yeah. From the high school news section. Um, what was the song that was playing? Is it a Sarah? Was it Sarah McLaughlin? No, it was "I Will Always Love You." I will always Whitney love Houston. you. Yeah. yeah, it was Whitney Houston. Yeah, it was the opening uh, video from uh, Midtown High Peter School, uh, paying homage to the dead heroes I mentioned, and uh, they kind of um, attacked the big like unnecessary un unsolved mystery of like how the blip affected people in a funny kind of way throughout the movie um, some of it was done with uh, a younger student being older he was like a, d- a dorky little kid now he's older and handsome uh, one of the kids at the beginning mentions his younger brothers now his older brother and uh, <laughs> the teacher uh, their teacher that goes on the field trip with them in the movie he mentions that his wife actually faked like she was snapped and she went off to uh fall in love with her uh, side dude hiking or something like that but it, it addressed what happened but in a funny kind of way because this is a teenage movie basically but while peter tries to balance spider-man and being a kid mysterio is a mysterious hero claims to be from an alternate universe and he has come to this earth to hold back the same kind of elementals that have destroyed his earth he's also used this deception to trick nick fury and he also uses this deception to trick peter who's inherited edith which is named by tony stark even dead i'm the hero it's a technology that uses drones and satellites across the world um, to help keep the world safe. By, but by Mysterio being deceptive and gaining Peter's trust, he gains control of Edith. It later turns out that Mysterio is using these drones to manipulate society and images. And then he's also like a scorned former uh, member of Stark Industries, along with the rest of his group. Eventually, this leads to an epic battle in London, which sees a lot of the city get destroyed. Peter stops Mysterio, and he gets the girl. And all's looking great for your neighborhood, friendly Spider-Man, till the end credits roll. But that's technically not in the movie, so we'll get to that later. So um, first plot points in general, how did you guys feel about the movie? Yay, nay, in between? I thought it was pretty good. Um, Actually, based on the reviews, I believe it has a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't think it was amazing. I thought it was like a solid movie, kind of on the level of Ant-Man, Ant-Man 2. Maybe a little better, but I, I did like the development of Mysterio. They they kind of built to it, made him look like a good guy. And then uh, turns out he's a former Stark Industries employee. And mm-hmm. uh, what was it? Barf, I think, is what they called Yeah, <laughs> Barf. Is it yeah. initial technology? Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was, you know, it was a good, like, coming-of-age story, too, with him and his his buddy that just, uh, I can't even remember his name, but just fell head over heels for oh, the... Oh, Ned. Ned. Yeah. <laughs> Ned that buddy. was, uh, I, I pretty much laughed at every interaction they had. Oh, babe. Um, but, no, I thought, I think they did everything well. Uh, like, the teenage angst thing, and then the whole developing into an actual Avenger type deal. So it was good, but I didn't think it was amazing by any means wasn't the amazing spider-man <laughs> liz what did you think in like a overall overall yay nay about what you expected i really enjoyed it i like that it, it's really hard to surprise me because i have this weird superpower where i can predict plot twists uh, i'm a difficult person to watch a season of tv with <laughs> but it, there were things that surprised me about the movie, so that was really fun. I loved how funny it was. It had some 
really intense stakes. And some of the stakes that I was most invested in were more the down to earth stakes or sort of like the elevated superhero version of the down to earth stakes. Like, Oh, I don't want this girl to see this embarrassing picture of me. <laughs> Let me drone strike the guy who has the phone. Um, and I thought that visually it was really interesting. All the effects related to Mysterio were super cool. And I thought that the pacing was really good and it didn't feel like it dragged on. And it was a little shorter, I think, than what we've gotten used to with the MCU movies. And my dog agrees. Mm-hmm. So uh, you spoke about Mysterio and his, uh, his role in the movie. So going in depth on Mysterio, um, did you like Jake Gyllenhaal as him? Um, and did you think his turn was too predictable or was it kind of just needed anyway? What did you think about Mysterio in general, his tactics, um, his deception and how Gyllenhaal sort of made the role? It reminded me a little bit of his movie Nightcrawler. Um, not as crazy. That was like an R-rated movie. Um, it's almost like he was good at acting that he was acting as a fake friend to Peter. You could tell, but it was good to me. I don't know if I'm really explaining or articulating that well, but what did you guys think of Mysterio and uh, his own character arc? I knew going in, or I had a good idea that he was definitely going to be a bad guy, but Jake Gyllenhaal played it so well that there was a point in the movie where I thought, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that would have been too predictable for him to be the bad guy, and there's something else going on here. And he had this way of seeming super earnest and cool and like a guy's guy, but then like turn into just this like sleaze bag. And he, he hit every note perfectly. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Um, I mean, going in even with the previews, uh, you know, Mysterio's a bad guy from the comic and the show, or the animated show, apparently. Um, but after the first probably half of the movie, it seemed like, oh, this maybe they're building it up for, you know, the third movie. And there's some, you know, the, the elements are real. And then all of a sudden that bar scene hits. and It's like, oh, man, <laughs> he got him. Um, but I, I haven't seen a Jonah movie in a, in a long time, I feel like. But I feel like he kind of portrayed that uh, douchebag pretty well after being really nice at the beginning. So <laughs> I think he did. I think he did a really good job in the role. So I don't think they mess that up at all, the casting. Yeah, I saw a meme. It's like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal smirking. It's like uh, Gyllenhaal going back to make his little indie films after he just got this Marvel check. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe that's where he's been. Uh, I didn't really – I was waiting for the turn the whole time. The only time it really drew me in is when he was talking about the multiverse-like theory. And he says, this is Earth-616 which is the name of the earth in the comics. Like the basic general earth is earth 616. I was like, Oh, it's like an Easter egg. They got me in for a little bit. And then, like you said, that bar scene, once he gets Peter to give him the Edith glasses and he just turns around acting like such a jerk and reveling in it with all his other cohorts who were in on it, that, you know, had been after Tony to get revenge on him. I also want to say I respect the pettiness as a petty person that, you know, it, they played the long game and they got the revenge and they almost got away with it too. So um, I'm petty Crocker basically. So I respected that um, the role himself, 
I, I thought he was great. Like I said, if you ever see the movie Nightcrawler, um, he sort of plays this guy who does his own news anchoring and he's sort of manipulative and gets a, another guy to be his uh, cameraman. He's just crazy. Um, of course, you can't be that way in a PG. It was a PG-13 film or whatever it was. Um, but it was like the the more child-friendly version of that. If, you, if you've seen the movie, you'll know exactly what I mean. But uh, yeah, no complaints. There's a reason Jake Gyllenhaal is a big name in Hollywood. And I think he definitely delivered his end of the of the bargain. As for the setting, which was in Europe, you know, Prague, London, um, the Netherlands, what did you guys think of the settings they used and the the different kind of costumes that Peter adorned or donned uh, throughout the movie, like uh, was it Night Pig or not Night Pig? I can't think of the Night name. Monkey. Night Monkey, yeah. And then um, at the end, the black and red Spider Man. How'd you guys feel about those? First of all, the Night Monkey bit was just hilarious, but that black and red suit, it was just up and down Miles Morales Spider Man. And th- I have a lot of thoughts about how much this movie owes a debt to the Miles Morales Spider-Man character, but I thought that it looked great. I really liked that Peter designed his suit and that little heartfelt moment where Happy is watching him and you just know that he's remembering Tony because Peter is reminding him of Tony in that moment with the technology to create the suit. And I thought that was really cool. And some of the things that the suit was able to do were super cool. Like the lightning strike, which again is another sort of miles Morales Easter egg. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We see the, the red and black Spider-Man it's synonymous with miles now. And then with uh, Peter and, and these films being a, a teenager instead of a college, college age or an adult, um, while that is like the ultimate Spider-Man comics, but you know, mostly I think now people, especially with their Spider-Verse, when they see a teenage Spider-Man, they probably think of Miles more than Peter. Um, but Drew, what did you think about the the settings like Venice and Prague and London, and even like the brief like Netherlands visit with all the flowers and everything? Uh, yeah, I like the setting. Uh, it was different. You know, you see tons of New York from the past movies uh, scattered about. Uh, completely new setting. I thought the effects were really good too with the elementals um, just destroying that city and uh, the way I, I thought they were trying to go with the the train scene from I think it's Spider-Man 2 where, where he holds them together or whatever uh, from the Tobey Maguire movies but maybe not exactly but I, I like the setting um, like she said about the making his own suit I thought that was really neat kind of like a, a passing the torch moment from from Tony to him um, but I, I got to say, Happy might have been uh, my second favorite character from the movie, um, just with the jokes and when he when they're in the the vault and he just confesses up about whole anime. I'm pretty sure the whole theater was laughing at that point. <laughs> yeah, we could use this as a segue to talk about some of the uh, romance in the movie. So obviously, the big one is uh, Peter and MJ, um, Tom Holland and Zendaya, um, which is like the classic. A nervous, awkward teen love that builds up. It's it's been done time and time again, but I think the thing that helped it stand out and didn't get played out was yet Happy and Aunt May had this. Uh, according to Aunt May, just a summer fling, but Happy was head over heels. And then there was uh, Peter's guy in the chair, Ned and Betty, who did the high school news. They just like instantly fall in love, and they're the <laughs> over the top people that you might see on Facebook. Like, they're like, oh, babe, I love you. I love you so much. And then two weeks later, they're broken up. And so, <laughs> <laughs> Mature breakup. 
Yeah, they're so mature. <laughs> right. Sometimes a man uh, knows when it's time to break up, but always cherish the memories. Well, what did you guys think about the um, the romances in it? Not just Peter and MJ, but Happy Aunt May and even Ned and Betty. Like, how did you how did you like all those? And uh, what did you like? What did you not like about them? Or did they get it just right? I thought that the romance was so sweet, and it was done in a way that. I've gotten so used to seeing teenagers portrayed a certain way. Like I watch shows like Riverdale where the teenagers are like hypersexed and they don't look (laughs) anything like the ages that they're portraying. It's just totally unrealistic. And the last time that we saw a Spider-Man movie with, well, yeah, the last time that we saw a Spider-Man movie with an MJ character, the first time that they kiss, it's upside down in the rain Kirsten Dunst was wearing a very revealing outfit. It was really (laughs) dialed up. So the fact that we see this really sweet moment and it's just super innocent at the end, it was really adorable. And I feel like it's cool that it's teenagers being portrayed like teenagers in real life. Uh, And I like that he just like, he had such low expectations he really like just wanted to like give her a nice gift and tell her how he felt yes he wanted to do this over-the-top romantic thing with the eiffel tower but he really just wanted a moment alone with her to tell her how he was feeling and he just got thwarted in the most epic ridiculous ways imaginable the whole time and i thought that the way that she figured out his secret and then was a hundred percent like, okay, I'm in, I'm team Spider-Man now. Like I am down for all the danger and excitement. Uh, I really like their chemistry throughout the movie and I'm rambling cause I love all the shipper type things. And then happy and aunt may, he's just like a little puppy dog after her. And I thought that was really cute. Aunt may. I'm glad she's not the typical old, old old lady that she's usually portrayed as in like the cartoons and comics she's like you know a cougar basically right that's the right word right she's a cougar so i think i saw (laughs) that marissa tomei is older than uh ruth mcclanahan was when she played blanche on the golden girls oh wow yeah so some food for thought wow she has been acting a while so but yeah, that's that's good. What did you think about all the romantic stuff? Did you like it, Drew, or just chuckle? I think it was uh, they used it as the main plot point, obviously for um, Spider-Man, and then the the two subplots with Ama and Happy, and then the other two were I think just used for uh, comedy, um, <clears throat> kind of a parody of like she was saying the the teen thing. Uh, I did like how it seemed more authentic for. Um, Peter and MJ, uh, it seemed more like a high school thing. Whereas again, like she was saying, the first Spider-Man, he saves her in an alley. It's raining. He's hanging upside down. She slowly pulls down the mask. Uh, seems kind of dramatic, but, uh, uh, this one was a lot more innocent. He had the, the black Dahlia, I believe is what it was to get for. Um, and then they just kind of peck a couple of times in the street. Um, you know, the nervous high school thing. So I thought it was pretty well done. Um, Besides that, I think the other two were just for comedy, which, I mean, I was laughing at it, so it must have done its job well. But I think they nailed the Peter and MJ one for sure. 
I love the moment with Ned and Betty on the Ferris wheel where he, where <laughs> he says, I-, I kiss you, but I think I just threw up in my mouth as he starts chilling his pockets. Like, I think I have a. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was great. Uh, as someone who, uh, like, I can relate in high school. Like, I could obviously, I like to talk. I'm on a podcast, and talking to women's never been a problem. Like talking as friends, but then like talking romantically. Yeah, I, I got nervous. I probably still get nervous sometimes as an adult. So I can relate to the awkwardness, or it even made me think about as they're building to that that kiss or the moment where they actually become kind of a couple. Like, it, either of you ever watch like Doug? I well, know Drew did. You ever watch mm-hmm. Doug as a kid? Like, oh yeah! It, any moment, any time he got close to Patty, like he's about to tell her he likes her or something, it would make me so anxious. I'd have to turn the channel. I'd just be like, "Oh no, I can't <laughs> watch Doug, my man's Doug strike out." But Peter had the ups and downs. Of course, there's the uh, the guy that was the little dweeby kid before the blip, blip, and now he's like the older suave guy. Then he takes a picture of Peter and uh, the uh, shield shield field oh, agent that guy was half such naked. A huge bag. Yeah, yeah. And then even um I'm glad they don't do this in all superhero movies, but they didn't really make any of his supporting cast that dumb because he's like, You guys think it's a little strange that you know we just get attacked in Prague and then Peter can stay with his relatives, like and obviously MJ found out about his identity too. So sometimes you get the whole oh, Clark Kent puts on glasses and no one can tell, use the same voice, but they didn't make the characters as stupid or oblivious, which I appreciate. Yeah, that, I think they did a good job there. And uh, like you were saying, Bryson, uh, you're talking to Mr. Nervous over here. So I, I hear what you're saying. Um, but <laughs> I can't yeah. play to you. I've never been nervous a second in my life. <laughs> Damn. Oh, wow. Swing or swing. <laughs> no, no. I, everyone can relate to the awkwardness that was portrayed. So it was... It, you know, it's humanizing because next to someone like Tony Stark, like he's just the coolest guy in the world, you know, but uh, Peter feels like a real person. Yeah, I um, I was like Peter in high school, especially nervous, but I always in my head, I thought I was smooth like Ned. I just sit by I'd be able to sit by some girl on a plane and be able to fall in love with her. But obviously I did not have a good uh, idea of myself. But moving on from the action of kissing to the action scenes, it is a superhero movie. What did you guys think of the the fighting scenes and action sequences in general? Did you like the the way they did it, the destruction, um, the cinematography? How'd you feel about all of those? So I have a question related to this. Did you all realize that Mysterio was using illusions because that's what he did in the comics and in the series or did you think oh they went with he actually has superpowers i um now mysterio's not one of spider-man's rogues i'm as familiar with i thought he was using superpowers but i actually saw the movie twice so like watching it back the second time you can you know you obviously know going in but you can be like oh yeah no wonder but i thought he really was Mm -hmm. using powers i just didn't know i thought he would turn i just didn't know what his end game of turning was but using the the drones and everything like technology and being um, a more updated kind of version of a superhero especially with the post-credit scenes uh was a big thing so i didn't know that at first but i I still liked it 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 made the visual effects even cooler knowing that it was someone using visual effects in a movie with visual effects if that makes any sense yeah i 
definitely thought that he had superpowers despite knowing that Mysterio used illusions in the comics. I thought they were just going in a different direction because that would be too complicated or that it would come off as silly, but I really completely bought it. And I thought that it was cool. That really trippy sequence with the sort of hallucinogenic, uh, was it a bunch of spider men? Um, yeah. 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 That yeah. one reminds me. And like yeah, with the fake you. out with Fury and how he tricked him again. I thought that was really cool. I agree. I, you know, I've, again, I don't have as much background knowledge as you all, and I knew absolutely nothing about Mysterio except that he was the guy that had the. the I just listened to a <laughs> podcast about him last week. Oh, fair enough. Um, but yeah, that kind of uh, the. I guess it was the first scene where he went in the building and then got tricked and then got demolished by a train. It reminded me of Scarecrow almost. So, um, again, I knew nothing about Mysterio, but I, I thought, you know, he did a great job. Um, and, and I definitely thought he had superpowers too. Cause again, not knowing nothing going into it, uh, it's, it's the MCU. You never know nowadays. So, but they, then they played it off really well when they showed the simulation uh in that room or whatever so it's not like they just swept it under the rug they showed exactly what they were doing which i thought would help with someone not knowing anything going into it yeah adding on to what you said you said it's mcu you never know and that's actually one of like Mysterio's gang's big thing it's like people will believe anything nowadays after literally they were disappeared they disappeared for five years you have this alien invade with thanos and all that stuff so people would buy anything. So it's not that far fetched should be a bunch of elementals destroying the world that came from another dimension or multiverse. Uh, going back to the scene you guys are talking about, it's where um, Peter meets Fury and they go to this European embassy to talk about heroes. And um, like Drew said, it reminded him of Scarecrow. There's a definitely a moment. I think it's in Batman Arkham Knight or Arkham city, one of the video games, or it could even be Arkham asylum where Batman fights Scarecrow, and it's just like a scene just like that. Like, things are constantly changing. You don't know what's real or what's not. Um, they really got me when uh, it appears that Nick Fury shot Mysterio, and then it's just, that's another illusion, too. And then Spider-Man gets absolutely yeah ran through by a train and somehow wakes up in Holland in a jail <laughs> with the nicest people in the world. Like, you know, Dutch people are supposed to be to be very nice but um i like that action scene i like the the first real uh one with us with peter um in venice with the water when they have the water elemental getting destroyed um i know i keep going back to video games that reminds me of final fantasy 15 fighting leviathan for people that played it um the way the waterways are there um but it's good they use different you know they alluded to paris uh, they never actually went to that but prague was good you know london um, was good and there which is awesome just being in Europe as Drew said earlier it seems like everything somehow comes back to New York City it's like is any are there the bad guys know not to attack somewhere else like go attack I don't know Mobile Alabama or something you know so uh, it's good they were in Europe and uh, that <laughs> definitely helped so because I'm sure they'll be back in New York City in the next film were there anything um, anything you guys were specifically disappointed in in the movie that you thought um, might have been there based on expectations from Endgame or Homecoming or previews? I don't think I was really disappointed by anything. Uh, like I said earlier, I just don't think anything. I don't think there was really like a wow factor. I just thought it was 
it was well done. You know, it's hard to follow up on Endgame, obviously. I thought it was pretty well done. Just nothing amazing. Yeah, I agree because I kind of went in with no expectations. Obviously, part of that is that I have a clean slate of not having experienced this version of Spider-Man except for in the team-up movies. So there wasn't anything that I was really looking forward to that wasn't there. There was disappointment and rage at the end credit scene. So uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the only thing that I was like, you got to be kidding me. The only thing I was disappointed in, and it's just nitpicking, Nick nitpicking. Sorry. Um, at the end of Homecoming, the post credit, or it might have even been at the end of the movie, Michael Keaton, who played Vulture, he's in jail, and he's talking to the guy that's eventually Scorpion, and he's like, oh, I heard you know Spider Man's secret identity, which he does know, and. They sort of tease that something with the Sinister Six may happen. There's no mention of that in this movie at all. Um, also, it was a, a brief cameo role, but Donald Glover played Aaron Davis in the last movie, which is Prowler in the comics or seen Spider-Verse. You know who he is. Um, there wasn't really any callback mm-hmm. to that either. But maybe I'm jumping. Maybe they are playing the long game and maybe that will come to effect to the third one, especially given the post credit scenes that kind of changed literally everything that happened in the movie. Uh, and th- then my last thing, a big, um, a big part of this, other than the love story, is Peter trying to live up to Iron Man's legacy. Did you think they did that right? Do you think there was too much of trying to live up to Tony in it? Or do you think it was you know, perfect. What do you think about that whole narrative? I don't, I, I think they have to, because part of the reason, actually the main reason Tony wanted to work on the time traveling thing was because he, I believe he saw the picture of Spider-Man in Endgame. So the, there's no way they can't touch on it. Uh, mm-hmm. He's, he's like the father figure from, you know, from the previous movie. So they have to play into it. Uh, the Edith thing was pretty cool. Even, even that I'm the hero. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the, like I said, when Happy uh, on the plane gives him the little uh, technology thing to make his own suit and he's just flinging stuff around like Tony used to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I got kind of chills on that just because it takes you back. And oh, yeah, same. Definitely got to mention the, the, oh, Led Zeppelin. I love them comments. Yeah, it was ACDC song. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, they have the other callback to Civil War to talk about. It's probably, it's not Star Wars, so you probably wouldn't know because he had the whole thing with Ant-Man and Civil War. Have you ever seen that really old movie, Star Wars? Like trying to take them down. Any, um, this was probably, Liz is probably all over this. Any Easter eggs that threw you off the scent on something or you're looking forward to or think might be foreshadowing in the movie? I think that the fact that they brought back J. Jonah Jameson, it was the same actor and it's kind of this InfoWars vibe. I think that that's a fun Easter egg for what they're probably trying to do, which is tie in current events. Like the fact that the video was manipulated to make it seem like Peter had said, (laughs) yeah, like deep fake technology, basically. And uh, I thought that that was fun. The Earth 616 mention, I, that threw me off a little bit about the whole Mysterio thing because I, was convinced that he was from another Earth. I believe that he was a bad guy and that he was lying about his intentions, but I believe that he came from somewhere else uh, because I don't think that they would introduce the multiverse 
as a throwaway, I feel like there's something else there that they've got cooking. Uh, it would have been cool to see Aaron Davis, the future prowler, show up again. The fact that he wasn't there and it was talked about that he would be, it kind of makes me wonder if I missed anything that hints at what they're planning on doing, what their long game is. So I think I'd have to see it again to be able to pick out any other Easter eggs. Yeah. Well, I guess the thing I heard too, like Donald Glover played Aaron Davis in homecoming, but then there's talks that he's going to be in the second black Panther movie. as a different character. I'm like, if you do that, the multiverse will collide, collapse in on itself, but it's nerdy stuff, but uh, an Easter egg, I, messed up by having Chris Evans, be yeah. in the Fantastic Four and Captain America. Yeah, I was pissed yeah. when that casting was I first mean, announced. I mean, Ryan Reynolds has been the Green Lantern. He has been uh, Hannibal King and Blade, and he's been Deadpool. So <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't think they're quite as ambitious back then. But yeah, it's, it's been like there might be a list of like seven, eight, or nine people that have been multiple superheroes. I feel like once you're one person, that should that should be your your thing. But then again, we wouldn't have got Deadpool if Ryan Reynolds just was only the Green Lantern. So thank goodness. Uh, the um, I don't know if it was really an intentional Easter egg or not, but when Scarecrow's doing that whole um, simulation thing, messing with Peter's head, he they're at the Eiffel Tower and he throws MJ off the Eiffel Tower and Peter goes to Weber. That's sort of reminiscent of the, like, the famous Spider-Man. The Gwen Stacy. Yeah, throwing, you know, and it was in, what, the second Andrew Garfield film when he Trash. catches up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, catches Gwen Stacy and kills her because he's trying to save her, but he doesn't realize it. Um, I don't know if that was actually intentional. That there, was the, or, fr- the original snap. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that mm. one was completely intentional or they were just playing up that he wanted to tell MJ he loved her at the Eiffel Tower, what he mentioned earlier. Uh, and another, another thing is Flash Thompson, um, who in Homecoming is just a complete asshole to peter i think at one point peter walks into a house party and he's like when i say penis you say parker and gets all his you know classmates to say it and he's still sort of a dick to peter in the film but he also but at the same time he loves spider-man which is hilarious um of course he doesn't know they're the same person the whole film he's like live streaming and when Peter first gets Edith to hack his phone, you find out his dad's sick if you can read the text quick enough. And then at the very end of the movie, the director makes a point to show Flash getting back to America in the airport after he's almost died. All these parents are hugging their kids, and he asks his driver if his mom's coming. He just shakes his head. Do you mm-hmm. think they're doing anything with Flash? In, in the comics, he does become Agent Venom at one point. Do you think they're doing anything with him? Because, I mean, they showed it. Something has to be, be happening there. It seems like they're trying to make him a sympathetic character and give him his own tragic backstory. So I think that they're either, that's an interesting idea that they would use him as villain, but it could be that they're just humanizing him to be a potential ally to Peter in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be cool to see something like the Spider-Man version of Team Flash rally around Peter. Yeah, he's already got two people that are what FOS friend of Spider-Man. He's got <laughs> Ned and MJ, so <laughs> you can add to his ranks. Um, but uh, Liz mentioned it earlier, but the post-credit scenes, there's two of them. I think the first one's probably the best post-credit scene Marvel's ever done. At least it's the most meaningful one. So after they're back in America, Peter as Spider-Man is taking MJ around swinging, you know, her first time 
I want to say riding Spider-Man, but that sounds completely awful. Riding around with your friendly That's neighborhood Spider-Man. These are children. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's swinging around with his girlfriend as Spider-Man, and he drops her off. And he's like, well, I know I better get back to defending the neighborhood. He's also in his classic Spider-Man stuff. He's no longer in the Tony Stark Iron Spider. And right before he's about to uh, sling off, um, Times Square lights up. And it's uh, J.K. Simmons playing Jonah Jameson again in an InfoWars like video vlog type of um, type of way, not the Daily Bugle um, tyrant that Peter works for as a photographer in the comics, um, which sort of falls in line with the PS4 Spider-Man game. He's the exact same in that game. So you all should play that, too. And what he reveals is that he has exclusive footage from Mysterio, who he claims is the greatest superhero of all time. Uh, that shows that Spider-Man had actually sent that attack to London. The film, um, the film has been doctored to make it look like Spider-Man said something to annihilate everyone, um, which was taken out of context uh, by one of Mysterio's team members. And then it stops, and then he shows another clip where it's Mysterio's last words, and he says, Spider-Man, Spider-Man's Peter Parker. And they put a picture of Peter Parker up on the big screen for everyone to see. And the last words of Spider-Man in the film were, oh, bleep, which is a callback to the end of Homecoming when Aunt May finds Sally Spider-Man. She says, oh, bleep, and they cut it off. Um, so what did you guys think about that scene? It's a, it, it can open up a lot of possibilities and obviously changes everything. Spider-Man's like the only MCU hero with the secret identity until now. So what did what'd you guys think about all that? If I'd had popcorn, I would have thrown it. I was so pissed, so stressed out. I mean, there's a long legacy in the comics of Peter of Spider-Man being public enemy number one and being accused of something that he didn't do that's just, like, his thing. But I, it threw me completely for a loop, and it goes back to what you said about Mysterio just being so petty because it served his agenda zero to out Peter. He just did that to be a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. But I am excited about the possibilities that it opens up for the next movie because I truly don't know where he goes from here. Does he go into hiding? Does he pull a Tony and say, "Yeah, I'm Spider-Man," uh, and you've got the story wrong? Does he pretend that Peter Parker isn't Spider-Man and go about his business and just deny it while everyone in school treats him differently? Uh, does he get hauled into questioning? Like, there's so much. And I, when does the next movie come out? Because I, I believe it's uh, 2020. I think 2021. I'm sorry, they're gonna try to keep okay. them two years apart. Maybe. Yeah, there definitely so, will be one. It made a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, so it's a long time to wait on that cliffhanger. What do you think, Drew? Uh, I was gonna say it's funny that that actually happened because in the the first. Was the first one where he talked to May and Happy? That was the post-credits, wasn't it? Or was yeah. that the actual movie? That was the movie so, before, yeah, yeah. So they played up like when Tony came out at the end of the first Iron Man. Like he was making an announcement of who he was. And then it ends up being that. And then all of a sudden he does get exposed. Um, and by the way, so I waited like a, mo a week to see the movie. Um, and they said, how do they get that cameo? And so I just watched Spider-Verse. They timed this well. Uh, on Netflix, um, 
So I was like, okay. And then they said multiverse in the beginning. And I was like, they got Tobey Maguire to be in this movie. So I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed when it was just uh, Jonah Jameson as the, uh, as the cameo. But again, I have no background on the, on how Spider-Man is, but it seems like a good way to start the, the next uh, movie for him is how he deals with being outed, kind of like they did with Tony and Iron Man 2. So again, that's, I think they're playing up to the, he's taking Tony's reins. So that's just another thing. When J.K. Simmons first came on the screen, I was like, oh, yeah, like a pop for him. And then, you know, they showed Mysterio that, oh, Spider-Man ordered this attack, which I'm like, that's par for the course. You know, he's always public enemy number one, even though he's doing well. But then when, like you said, when he outed him as his actual name, I I had the same reaction as what, you know, Peter said on the screen, like, oh, bleep, (laughs) like he's a high, it's different. Like, okay, T'Challa is the king of a country. He can be out as the Black Panther. Tony Stark was a billionaire. Captain America was a legend. Um, but Spider-Man, he's a high schooler. Like he's just a boy. He's just a boy. He's yeah. Just a kid. And the um, in the comic, like the Civil War in the comics, he gets outed with the Registration Act, and Kingpin puts a hit on Aunt May, and she gets killed. So, like I said, he's a he's a kid. You can have leverage over him, like his girlfriend, his aunt, his friends. So it's 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 a little going to be a little bit different. Uh, before we get into full predictions, what we think about the third movie, there was a second post-credit scene. Um, it wasn't as shocking, but it could be just as meaningful. So in this one, um, we see Nick Fury and Maria Hill driving, who've been in the whole movie, and then it turns out that they're actually scrolls, um, which were first introduced in Captain Marvel. You know, they're aliens that can shape shift. And they call the real Nick Fury, who's off in a uh, space base, which I believe is S.W.O.R.D., which is like S.H.I.E.L.D. for the galaxy. Um, And it turns out they've been impersonating um, Nick Fury and his assistant the whole time. Um, More background nerd stuff. So in Captain Marvel, Scrolls, traditionally, most people that know the comics, they're the bad guys. Like They have a whole secret invasion angle where they've been playing heroes all along. But in Captain Marvel, they kind of made them seem like good guys, at least the, the scrolls we meet. Um, but Captain Marvel also happened in the 90s compared to now. So um, that could lead Credence to secret invasion. Or what do you think about um, Nick Fury actually being in space, like looking for the next threat? What did you guys think about that scene? Or did you think it was just for fun? I think it was just for fun, personally. I, it's kind of a weird <clears throat> segue, because what are they going to bring Captain Marvel into the Spider-Man movies, I highly doubt it. That movie made too much money to not get a sequel to, unfortunately, um, because I didn't think it was amazing. Just another solid Marvel movie. But uh, it was it was kind of funny. I think they might have been going for some laughs. I was like, oh, we can't tell them. We screwed up big time. But um, I don't know. I feel like half the post credit scenes are for setting up the new movies and half are just for getting a reaction. Not that we know anything about that, Bryson, but, you know, it's fine. I've never said anything just to get a reaction before in my life. I agree that it was probably just for fun. And what's interesting is I remember in Captain Marvel, Nick Fury says that he can't eat toast that's been cut diagonally. That if you see him <laughs> eating it's cut diagonally, then that's how you would know that he got scrolled. And immediately after that, the internet dug up one of the Avengers movies where he does exactly that, eat toast that's been cut diagonally, or at least makes a sandwich and cuts it diagonally. So what I like to think now after this movie is that every time that 
Nick Fury needs to get away. He manages to be in two places at once because he calls up his bu- his buddy Thalos and is like, hey, can you fill in for me for a bit? <laughs> so I feel like this isn't the first time that a scroll has filled in for Nick Fury. And that's just the theory that I have accepted as fact now. Maybe I'm a sucker, but I'm like, I, I might have read too far into it. I'm thinking he's in space. And I feel like now that the Thanos era or seek whatever phase three, what is this phase four we're moving on to? I sort of think, well, it wasn't that serious. It's setting up phase four. I feel like the next threat will be another space kind of invader, but something bigger than Thanos. They're talking like Galactus, like the Eater of Worlds Galactus or something like that. Um, So you guys are probably right. There's always one silly one and one serious one. Like the last Spider-Man, you wait till the end and it's just Captain America trolling you. It's like, oh, you're waiting for something? Oh, we'll keep waiting. It's like one of his sex ad things. It was just funny. America's ass. Yeah, America's ass. Yeah. Because they are moving towards sort of cosmic Marvel with Guardians of the Galaxy, with Captain Marvel. So I think that you've got a good point. They could be exploring a space angle uh, as a more intentional part of the next phase. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder if it maybe it's the uh, Guardians and Thor, too. That could play into it, I'd imagine. Yeah, the Asgardians of the galaxy. Asgardians, yeah, yeah. I've, eh, I have thoughts about that. I don't think Thor should be in it, but that's a different conversation. Uh, <laughs> so now that we have talked about the main, the main movie and the post credits, what are your hot take predictions? You can predict anything wild. Maybe you'll be right. We'll have it on tape here today. You have any predictions for the third movie, or at least what would you like to see? Um, I, I guess I'm just interested to see. I think the rumored titles are. Guardians 3, uh, which will probably have Thor in it. There's no way to get around that. There's what Black Panther 2, which no idea where they're going with that with that. And then well, what do you was... think about what do you think about the third Spider-Man in particular? Oh. Do you think they'll go with that? Yeah. Um I guess honestly I think it'll depend on where they go with the the next the next phase. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So because I, I I don't think that's he's in the next like round of movies. I think they're supposed to announce it at Comic Con or something. But I, I think it was like Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Guardians, and then there's maybe Inhumans or something like that. Uh, Eternals, Eternals. Yeah. yeah, Inhumans. They try to do a TV series of Inhumans. It's probably the worst thing they've ever done. <laughs> Not even. Yeah, the Dickens wig alone. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Okay, so oh. I, I'm i going to throw out something that there's no way it's going to happen, but this is what I think, if I were writing this movie, what I would do. I think Peter goes into hiding, mm-hmm. but he has committed to the superhero life. He wants to defend his neighborhood, the Earth, so I think that he goes and goes into hiding with S.H.I.E.L.D., and he starts to form a team. And I think that that's how we start bringing in some of these young Avengers, because I'm telling you, if I don't, if I'm not alive to see a Ms. Marvel movie happen, I will not have considered it a well-lived life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I I think that it would be great if we brought in characters like Ms. Marvel, the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man, who we have every reason to believe exists in this universe, in this Mm -hmm. possibly earth 616 reality. Uh, so I think that it would be cool if we saw the third Spider-Man movie be a setup to introduce other characters who Peter assembles as his own Avengers 
to be able to work against threats while he has to be in hiding. And uh, for people that aren't familiar, uh, she said Miss Marvel, not Captain Marvel. Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. Um, yep. Yeah, she's a Captain Marvel. Anyway, not to get too in depth, but Captain Marvel used to be Miss Marvel in the comic. I just so skip that old mm-hmm. part. But there's a Miss Marvel. Um, there's actually one of the newer Spider-Man cartoons. I believe is like a younger Avengers. It's like Peter and Miss Marvels in, in the group and a couple of others. I like that idea. Um, my predictions, if anyone cares. I feel like the bad guy for the third movie will be Craven the Hunter. You know, now that Peter's outed, why not have a hunter come hunt him? You know, someone that um, Jonah Jameson can pay, or maybe they introduce Norman Osborn. I also heard a rumor that the um, canceled Netflix Marvel shows, um, like something to do with the contracts, uh, that Marvel can't use the characters outside of Netflix until 2020 or 2021. Uh, I think this would be a perfect opportunity to introduce Daredevil into the films. He's a lawyer. Peter's going to need a lawyer. Uh, who oh, would take that's a case? Brilliant. Yeah, who would who would take a case pro bono? Matt Murdock, and then we get to see my man um, Foggy. Um, also, I would think that another plot thing they could do is that maybe Peter just vehemently denies he's Spider Man, but while he does that, um, that's when you can introduce Miles, and he can go out and parade as Spider Man. Um, so he can sort of be like, oh, he's not Spider-Man because Spider-Man's out there in the same place, but it's really a new character. Um, Lift up that the mask a little bit, show his chin, be like, oh, that's definitely not Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got a hell of a tan. Um, <laughs> uh, what I was, you guys... was going to say, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, I think that would be good to bring in at least one of the TV shows, and Daredevil was the first big one. So, I mean, you you have to bring in Kingpin at some point, right? So. Yeah, uh, I just hope they do Kingpin like they did in the Daredevil series, because that was really good, mm-hmm. and not like um, who played him in the crappy Electra and Michael Clark. <laughs> well, he's R.I.P. Michael Clark Duncan, but it wasn't a good portrayal um, per se. But he was so it's good a, in the Green Mile. Yeah, they just <laughs> they made him they made him too cheesy and comicy in the. Well, it's Ben Affleck playing a superhero. I think we've learned that doesn't work. Um, at least in my opinion, I feel like most people would agree with that. Do you think that um, there'll be any kind of crossover now that Venom has come out with Spider-Man, or do you think those two worlds are too different? Like the way Venom's portrayed and the way that Spider-Man's portrayed is like more kid-friendly. Do you think there's any way you can make those work, either with Spider-Man going to the Venom series or um, Tom Hardy coming over to, to Spider-Man 3? Absolutely no way in hell. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen Venom, but I feel like it's kind of like Kingpin. You have to bring in Venom at some point. Maybe recast it because isn't isn't the Venom franchise protected by Sony, and that's why yeah. it took so long to get Spider Man in it. Yeah, I, yeah, it I is. Haven't seen the yeah, Tom Hardy yeah. Venom movie either. <laughs> Venom wasn't great, but I don't think it was as bad as it looked. Like the but he like eight people, right? So it's yeah. definitely like not. Not the happy-go-lucky vibe of MCU Spider-Man. Spider-Man. But I don't think it was R-rated. Like, he did eat people and stuff, but they didn't, like, show it graphically. Um, so the only thing with Venom is the at the end of Venom, they set up the next villain of that movie to be Carnage. And if you know anything about Carnage, he's completely violent and wacky. Like, not wacky like Joker cartoon wacky, but wacky like Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, he just commits murders because it's funny. Jared um, Leto's version. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trash. Uh, let me see your grill, though. Yeah, but what about uh, um, Joaquin's version? Now that looks okay. Uh-huh. Different topic. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm gonna go see it because I just see it. I don't. I went and saw that terrible Fantastic Four movie. Ooh. So, yeah, I've never seen Michael B. Jordan be a terrible actor, but that I don't know that whole movie just brought him down. <laughs> but since we're They've talking, done, in right? Gen- there's another one that they double cast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. was um, Johnny Storm and uh, Eric Killmonger. R.I.P. Spoilers, yeah, Black Panther. Uh, if you haven't seen Black Panther, by yeah. now, you're doing yourself a disservice, first of all. But absolutely, <laughs> yeah, doing yourself a disservice. But since we're talking well, about this, forever. <laughs> yeah, I should put up the video of that. <laughs> um, since we're talking about the MCU, and Drew got into it a little bit earlier, you see him going with the the next batches of films. There's obviously going to be a sequel to Black Panther and Captain Marvel because it made so much money, but. I forget the name. They're doing an Asian superhero, and even I hadn't heard of him before, um, which is good for representation. But I haven't even heard of the guy. What other, whatever, what other movies do you want to see made, or maybe a hero that hasn't had a, a proper film, or even now that X Men is done with Fox, would you want to see them involved with Spider Man? You know, they team up sometimes. I'd want to see X Men and Deadpool first, mm-hmm. maybe with uh, Hugh Jackman, just because of all the jokes. I think yeah. that would be interesting, but I, we'll, we'll see how that contract plays out. Everything's freaking contracts, stupid. Yeah, Deadpool can exact. Deadpool can drop into anything because he, you know, he breaks the fourth wall. But it, he's he's out there. He's definitely got that R rating, so he'd have to tone down if he appeared in any of the movies, at least. Yeah, just make a joke about it. Just yeah. be like, oh, I got to be PG thirteen in this one. So. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he can pretty much do anything. Uh, Liz, any heroes you haven't seen on the big screen yet that you'd like to see? I'm a big fan of Cloak and Dagger and of The Runaways over on Hulu. And there are some rumblings that the next season of Cloak and Dagger might cross over with The Runaways. I don't know. You know, you mentioned about possibly Daredevil being able to come into the MCU, how that would be a cool development to come from the Netflix deals ending. But I think that if some of the lesser known small screen Marvel characters were to cross over into the MCU big screen movies. That would be really cool, especially since cloak and dagger and the runaways there again, younger heroes. If my fan fiction were to come true, <laughs> a, a young Avengers team assembling. Uh, yeah. And, you know, really just, I'd be happy if Ms. Marvel ap- appeared at all even mm-hmm. like a cameo like that's that's my one dream i a, anything else would just be cherry on top yeah i think she should probably get her own movie um first and then maybe go into a team up i think it'd be fair like you know Drew showing off his t'challa funko pop <laughs> yeah he just got into pops don't let him fool you he's not like he's not a real pop collector is that's fair <laughs> how many, how, okay how many pops does a collector make Oh man, I I wouldn't I have like 15. I wouldn't consider myself a collector. Um Dave who's been on this podcast before, um him and his girlfriend, they they're everywhere. Like if you ever go visit them, they're just everywhere. Uh I don't know if it's hundreds, but it seems like hundreds. It's, it's um, be. And mine don't even make sense. I'm like it, I usually buy mine from GameStop like I'm buying a video game. I'm like, oh, if like a buy two get one free. So I have like a 
a Deadpool with a fake ho- a, a toy horse. I have a Red Power Ranger. I have a Batman. I have Geralt from The Witcher. Just mine are random. Like they don't. Even, I have Dragon Ball Z ones, but some people, you know, they they do them in sets, like sets of five, and people drive across the state just to find them. But do you have any yourself, Liz? Yeah, I have three in my office at work. I have Ms. Marvel. Captain Marvel and White Canary from Legends of Tomorrow and uh, yeah (laughs) and non-superhero ones that I've been I there was a drunken sad Beth from Rick and Morty that I saw at Target the other day and I should go back and buy that one because I can relate to that character (laughs) sometimes I think I want to get a few more a few funny pops yeah yeah, I don't I don't go out of my way, but if one catches my eye, I'll be like, uh, yeah, I like that character, I like that TV show. Uh so I'll get it. Probably I see Dragon Ball Z once all the time and I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta get it. I'm just looking for the right Mr. Piccolo one. And then so you if get, anyone you gotta has, get the dead Yamcha. Oh, they have one of those now? Yeah. Oh, I gotta get that then. I get that. So we talked about what we want to see in the MCU and just to close. Um, I think I was a lot higher on this movie than you two, but where would you rank it um, as far as other Spider-Mans, not the MCU, but other Spider-Mans, uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Verse, TV movies, where would you rank it? I mean, I I felt pretty solid about this movie. I really did love it a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't see Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. I think that Tobey <laughs> Maguire was a good Spider-Man for that era, but... Tom Holland, I think, is probably the best Spider-Man that we're going to have in our lifetime. He really embodies Peter Parker to me. Uh, I would say if I had my top three Spider-Man movies, it would be Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, obviously. Nothing's going to top that for me ever. Then Far From Home, and then the first Sam Raimi, Tommy McGuire Spider-Man movie. Okay, okay. See, I don't remember the first two that well uh apparently the second one is like the best amazing. one yeah. yeah doc doc ock yeah i need to rewatch those but i know well, those I two my mind. so number three would be the doc <laughs> ock was incredible in that movie yeah that's, uh, yeah that's usually the one everyone points to as being like the pinnacle of those early marvel movies although i would say blade 2 is the best one but i'm just biased but <laughs> but anyway go go continue true i'm sorry Again, I have to rewatch those actually, but I would say it's better than Homecoming, not as good as Spider-Verse, better than both Amazings, and better than three. So, I mean, that puts it pretty high up there. What's that worst case? Third? So Uh, Better than three. That was real tough. Tough. I mean, (laughs) they did did, uh, make fun of it in Spider-Verse, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the... The point the and snap as he's walking down the street. <laughs> yes. Well, no, he yeah, did the dance out in front of the door, too. That's true. Yeah. That's why they need to do a Venom pair up to get rid of that abomination that was Topher Grace Topher. as Eddie Brock. Topher Grace. My man. Yeah, they got to bring back uh, a man's James Franco, though. They haven't done anything with any kind of Green Goblin in this one yet. Like, no Nathan or Harry Osborn. He was an amazing Spider-Man. He's kind of a little punk at the end of the second one when Emma Stone yeah well he just looked creepy he looked sick but I guess that's kind of the point um yeah yeah, but I would I would say I think this was the best live action Spider-Man uh I would have to go watch the Dr. Octopus one again 
But I think it, I thought it was amazing. I loved it. No pun intended. Amazing Spider-Man. I still think Spider-Verse, like Liz says, is the best Spider-Man movie that's come out thus far. And also had the best soundtrack, too. But, I mean, just Don Sunflower alone. <laughs> but I, I really liked it. And uh, the same director has done Homecoming and Far From Home. So hopefully they keep that gentleman on uh, going towards the third movie. Sort of think it's kind of suspect and weird when trilogies happen and they switch directors. Like Star Wars, the latest trilogy. Like J.J. Abrams said the first one, didn't do the second one. It's like, feel like you should, yeah, you should follow. Yeah, you should follow your vision the whole time. But... That's just me. Uh, but any other thoughts in closing? What would you give it out of five star? Or actually, it's on crabbycurious.com. What would you give it out of five crabs? How many crabs would you give it? <laughs> that also sounds wrong, but that's the scale. Them the rules. I don't make them. Rob did. I'll give it four and a half crabs. Four and a half crabs. Okay. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. How many crabs would you give it, Drew? I gave it four. Four. I'd probably give it four and a half or four and three fourths. I don't know what the perfect movie is because Marvel's been pumping out a lot of good ones. It sort of makes films like, like Captain Marvel wasn't bad, but compared to some of the other stuff that's coming out, it just makes it seem average. They they set the bar so high, especially with Black Panther and um, not in before Endgame, Infinity War the year before. Those bars were raised so high that. Any movie that's just good it almost seems like a disappointment nowadays, unfortunately. But first world problems, right? <laughs> Especially since we waited so long for a female-led Marvel movie, so the expectations were way high with that. But, you know, that's none of my business. Yeah, well, I, well my own thoughts on this. I mean, it was good, but I thought not that I should yeah, be comparing movies. Yeah, it was fine, but it was, Not that I should you know, be comparing movies. It. Yeah, I shouldn't be comparing movies of two female superheroes. I thought Wonder Woman was 20 times better. No, I I completely felt like Wonder Woman was just a better made movie, better written movie. Uh, I think that that I mean, they're very different, but I feel like I connected more with Wonder Woman and maybe the tone of Captain Marvel was meant to be more comical and it has its own merits. When yeah, does that sequel come out? Is it next year or is it this year? Uh, next year. Uh, Wonder Woman 84. 84. <laughs> yeah, it comes out next year. They already have the movie theater. I saw Spider-Man. They already, they've had the billboard up in Shelbyville for Wonder Woman for next year up for like three months. I'm like, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, I know a lot of people probably haven't seen it, but Shazam was really, really good. Um, it wasn't the worst superhero movie that came out this year. Um, so DC was the worst to- superhero movie that came out this year. Probably Captain Marvel, actually, and that's just how high the bar is. So, so it's not because I mean, Endgame is you're not going to touch that. And then Shazam and Far From Home, I liked about the same for different reasons. And then, but you know, the Joker can still come out and disappoint me. So we got that. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got to move Captain Marvel out of the bottom spot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Joker could be hit or miss. You never know. Uh, but it is a standalone. It's like Elseworlds. It's not in the DC extended universe. Whatever's left of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so we'll see. And I think the problem with that film is Heath Ledger's portrayal is always going to hang over anyone who ever plays the Joker from not from now on. So. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks, guys. We'll have to do this.
says you're recording still. Yeah, I just stopped. Oh, no, I didn't. Whoops. There we go.